Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 204. I am your host, Blaine Putvang, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. Treg Wilson is not with us this evening. He, uh, he has prior engagements, and he sends his best regards and warmest wishes to all our listeners. He misses you dearly. I mean, we miss him. We miss him, too. We do. We do. You know, he's, lear- he's finally learning how to put on a shirt before he gets on camera. <laughs> I mean, you know... There's pants now every now and then. Uh, the thing is, he's getting so huge, like the shirts just don't cooperate with him. Well, that's the thing. You think he's shopping at Baby Gap now. Huge in a good way, though. Not, not, like, not, like, not like feast mode. He's beast mode, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, he, he's, he's almost into the bicep club. Yep. Uh, you know, the arms are almost as big as the ego. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there. We miss him. He's hopefully he's hopefully he's back on with us soon. Hopefully he's with us in the next episode. We will see what happens. Uh, you know, family comes first. That's Absolutely, just the way it is. So this episode, uh, quite a bit has happened in the last couple of days, and we're just going to cover off uh, the news and notes, the Rangers game, and uh, we'll shoot the breeze a little bit and see uh, see where the winds take us. Sounds good. So uh, we'll just dive right in. Um, first bit of news as we record, it is the 17th of November. It is eight 30 Atlantic time. Uh, and Brooks has been claimed on waivers by the Vegas golden Knights. So I don't really see this as surprising. He was, a kind of a fringe NHLer. Um, a lot of Leafs fans were uh, sorry to lose him, And then as soon as he was claimed by the Canadians, they were just like, Oh, this guy's nothing um yeah weird how that works i'm not gonna say he didn't get his chance with the canadians he probably could have got a little bit more playing time but it seems that uh, ducharme had a little bit more of a love for a guy like cedric paquette um than than brooks so brooks got four games in i uh, had a, a single assist he averaged about 10 and a half minutes a game and um he was not a help in the face-off dot that's for sure uh, only going about 16%. You, you know, you need your fourth line centers to, uh, to win, to win those kind of battles. Right. So uh, it's uh, I'd say it's hard to say him go, but we didn't really get to see much of him. I would have liked to see him get an opportunity possibly with Laval and uh, just, just based on the call-ups right now that uh, the Canadians have had to made from, have, have had to make from Laval uh, with Brooks being up or with Brooks, oh my God, Belzil being up <laughs> with, with Paling being up with Pizzetta being up now Norlander's up um, from his uh, conditioning stint. And then you've got, um, then you've got Primo called up Tisdale still injured. Uh, Josh Brooks is still injured, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you go down the list and they could have used that boost. He probably would have came in and been the, either their top line center playing with Caulfield, or he would have been, he probably would have slotted in at number two. Oh yeah. Easily. Easily. So it is what it is. They lost him. However, it's not like he's a guy that was within their organization. So yeah, I'm not really too upset about it. 
And uh, I thought he was going to go either back to Toronto or he's going to go to Ottawa, which is another team that has just been decimated with injuries. And uh, obviously they're everything that's going on with COVID with them right now. And uh, the three games that they've had postponed, but uh, he got picked up by, uh, by the Vegas golden Knights, who's a team that loves people from Western, like from the prairies in Western Canada. So, yeah. And they needed a centerman for depth as well. Yeah, so you go through their lineup, see the amount of guys they have from the prairies in Western Canada, you'd be surprised. So I wish him all I wish him all the luck. He, he's he's got an opportunity, and uh, even if he doesn't make it within the organization there, they've got a, a good uh, AHL affiliate, so maybe he'll end up playing there. Well, he's going to be on their NHL roster. He's been picked up, so he has to yeah. stay there. Now, people were wondering why the Canadians picked him up in the first place. And it's pretty obvious uh, they, the Habs needed center depth That's right. and they were hoping that he would be able to fill in in that fourth line role. Yeah. yeah and I agree. Uh, Pocket for some reason was getting way more opportunities than Brooks. And I honestly, it's not like either one brought anything more than the other. No, but uh, I think at the end of it, by this point, uh, Paling, after he got called up, kind of showed that he is going to take that spot and made Brooks completely expendable. That's true. And he, and you look at what Pizzetta's brought so far. Um, then you've got Belzil, who's kind of been uh, a staple on the AHL side of it for, for, for a while. So he's going to get a little bit more playing time over Brooks anyway. Yep. Um, but as you said, with Paling be, being brought in, and so far he's looked uh, he's looked a lot better than what he did in the preseason. So it did make him expendable, and uh, he moves on to the Golden Knights. Yeah, and they're going to make space for people with who signed or were drafted within the organization before right. him anyway. So it makes sense. And that's right. At, at least with this, it gives Brooks the opportunity to earn an, another NHL job somewhere. Yep. I mean, I agree. He would have been a great fit in Laval. He would have really helped, but I, I kind, I'm kind of happy for him that he gets to uh, try and earn an NHL job. And I think in Vegas, he's going to have a good chance to hold on to like a bottom, yeah, fourth line role, yeah. at least until the Olympic break. Yeah. And then we'll see what happens from there. That's right. That's right. The thing is, it would have been the same fate in Montreal with finally players starting to come back into the lineup movement would have had been made. And right now with how Paling's been playing, you're going to keep him there over Brooks anyway. I kind of wonder if um, signing Kyle Clifford, like the, uh, the Leafs did or bringing uh, Clifford in, um, had they not done that mere hours before Brooks hit the waiver wire, would they have actually gone and picked him up? And I think they would have. There's, there's a chance you've heard, Right now, the the Leafs, they're starting to win hockey games. They've won quite a few in a row now. Or, they are the regular and, season. And, Stanley yeah, Cup but, but as you said, they're a regular season team. They're trying to bring in that uh, that truculence, as you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, they've got, uh, you know, you've got Nick Ritchie on your team. You got Wayne Simmons. Now you bring Kyle Clifford in as well, even though he's going to be uh, with the Marlies for the for the time being. Yeah, um, they're trying to kind of beef up their roster for a, for a run, but. Um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm not going to get really too far into them. Uh, they're a team that, uh, relies on the power play quite often. And, uh, you don't see as many of those in the, in the, in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say that. I'm just going to say that you're irrelevant until you win a playoff series. That's right. Moving on. Um, all right. So in more Canadians news, uh, Mathieu Perrault had another surgery. It was announced today by Chantal Maccabé of RDS that he had another eye surgery and it's going to set back his return by a few more weeks. So hopefully this fixes the problem and he is able to recover hundred percent because he was just starting to get his groove in he Montreal, was. He was. you know, playing with his hometown team. He had that big hat trick. He was, you know, he was really starting to groove and then bam, that, uh, that eye problem pops up and he needs a couple of surgeries and you never want to, you never want to hear about a player needing eye surgery. Cause that yeah. could end up being bad news for the career. Absolutely. And, uh, as you said, he was just starting to kind of find his groove and to warm up a little bit, you know, it was, uh, 
it took a little bit for him to hit the uh, hit the ground running, but uh, once he's found it, he's been playing well. And when he plays in that more in, into a depth position is what he's best suited for. Yeah. Um, that's really where we're going to see his best hockey. So uh, wish him all the best. Hopefully he's going to be another um, guy that's going to be back in the lineup, hopefully sooner than later, but uh, likely a few weeks out, then back to the back with the team practice, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully a month, that's what I'm kind of hoping for, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, with the way the season's going now, whoever has an injury, there's or, no reason to rush them. Exactly. There's no reason to rush them. Take their time, especially when it comes to an eye. You don't want to mess around. You don't want to lose that vision because even if your career is over, you still want decent vision after you're done. Exactly. So, you know, there's a long, long line, a long time after you're out. I mean, he's, he's 35. He's got another 50, 60 years left in him. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be blind in one eye for 60 years. It, it's only. So just take your time, get better. Um, the next, <laughs> the next uh, note in the injury list is uh, Carey Price. He is uh, on the ice skating. They say that uh, he's starting to look a little bit better. He's, he's doing some, some goaltender movements, and they say he's improving. There's still no timetable. Um, now for Edmondson, he... <laughs> They keep saying this, but he's out for a couple more weeks. Uh, he, uh, it was announced, uh, I think it was uh, Marc-André Perrault uh, of TVA announced, or was it? No, it was John Liu of TSN. Friend of the show, John Liu. John announced that he is going to be starting to skate with the team on Sunday as in a non-contact role. Yeah. Uh, he put up video of, uh, of Edmondson skating on his own today. Even though and that wasn't actually Edmondson. <laughs> according to Edmondson, he says, no, no, I was at Costco. Yeah, he was at, yeah, he was at Costco. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, John was just trying to pump his tires. Yeah. Eh. I hope, well, if you're at Costco in Quebec, you got to pick up some Manscaped. <laughs> it is the best men's grooming product you could possibly buy. And I'll tell you why. Winter is coming. Brace yourselves. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off and free shipping if you use the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0 Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is? No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with the foot duster, foot deodorant, made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the Shed Travel Bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTER20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code unfiltered20. It's time to join the Manscaped move. These products are snow joke. There you go. That is what he was trying to buy at Costco. 
<laughs> you heard us here first. <laughs> That's right. In-depth investigative reporting. Yeah. Uh, Spe- right. s- speaking of things um, that uh, that the team needs, besides uh, Manscaped trimmers, um, <laughs> they need, and specifically Jeff Petrie needs Joel Edmondson to come back. Oh my God. So we yeah. talked about Edmondson quite a bit last year and, you know, throughout the league, people talked about how putting a guy like Edmondson was going to, you know, you put him with, with Petrie, you've got a guy that can kind of um, be a, be a safe play for, for a guy like Edmondson, but it really seems like it's the other way around. And it seems, it seems that seems that he's really, really missing Joel Edmondson right now. And so is the team. He, we've mentioned this on the show before and how he, uh, his return to the lineup will stabilize all the other pairings. And it's amazing because every time a new defenseman signs in Montreal, it's, He's the next Carl Alsner. That's right. Sherrod signed. Oh, there's the next Alsner. That's right. Edmondson signs next Alsner. But they always end up so far. (laughs) I'm not saying anything about Savard yet. Yeah. But still more to see. I want to see what what he can do. I want to see what he can do in a full season. And I want to see what he can do with a healthy team as well. Yes, exactly. And we might not not see that this season. But no. um, But uh, I was pleasantly surprised with Edmondson, though. Yes. And with Edmondson, he's going to be, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, but he's going to be with a, a non-contact jersey come Sunday. Uh, that is from John Liu, our friend of the show. Uh, moving on from that, uh, there's another little piece of news. Uh, the Canadians will be playing the Penguins Thursday night. And in the lineup for that game is going to be Matthias Norlander. He's going to get his first NHL game. Well-deserved. Yes. Well he just needs he just needs to figure out Montreal traffic to get to the game. But other than that, he should be fine. I think you I think he'll be just fine. Um, a lot of people are already saying that they're setting him up to fail because they're playing with Savard. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be in a third pairing role. Yeah, and he'll he'll probably if if he's taking um, he's probably taking Weidman's spot. Yeah, in the, the lineup. Play. So if that's the case, he's probably going to have some power play time. So we'll see what he's we'll see what he's got. Well, that's, that's what was uh, talked about in the press conference post practice today uh, by Ducharme. He's going to, he said, he's going to, he's going to slot him in. He's not going to throw him into the wolves. So I expect the third pairing when he's on the ice. And that's why I believe Savard's with him. I'm I'm happy that he's with Savard based on the fact that you don't want to put another young guy with him in Romanov, nothing against Romanov, of course. And you don't want to put him with just with Kulak because Kulak has been struggling mightily this season. Well, Kulak has struggled mightily with Savard. Yes. I got to, we got to make that very, That's very right. clear. That's right. Yeah. He's looked better with, with Petrie, but yeah. Yeah. Now with, uh, with Norlander, he is more than likely taking Wyman's spot. Like you say, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, he is going to have power play time. Ducharme has hinted towards that already. How much power play time? We're not sure yet if he's going to be on the first wave or second, but I would I would say throw him on the first wave, give him all that time because that is his that's that's his skill set. He is a puck distributor. They should do that. What I can see more likely going to happen is he'll take Sherrod's spot in the power play. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We can't take away the top goal scoring defense. I, I know, I know. I'm, I I might God. have just I might have just pissed off a couple of people by saying that, but. Oh. There's your puck distributor. There's a guy that can shoot the puck from the point. Norlander. Norlander. Throw him in there. Or Sherrod. Are you talking about Sherrod? Because, you know, <laughs> he is the top defenseman I, right now. Right now, I would take <laughs> nothing against Sherrod. No. Right now, he's been their best defenseman. Um, he's actually playing like he, like he gives a shit. However, don't put him out there just because you have to. Give him those. Give him those few minutes to rest up. Because right now, yeah. he need, right now, they're I'm not gonna say they're overplaying Petrie and Sherratt, but they are. I especially, so. especially, yeah. especially Petrie. You want to see you've got a guy that's struggling mightily. You want to put him out there where he can succeed. They're literally putting him out there in every situation just because they only have 
X amount of defensemen that can play the big minutes. And you, think, don't, and, and you don't want to have to throw this on the shoulders of other players. Yeah. And, and I think Petrie is playing hurt. I think he I is really too. Do. There's got to be something. You don't, you don't have a season like you did last year, even the year before. Um, and I know some people are going to be like, oh, well, it was a Canadian division. It was this. I'm like that, that you can make that argument about any player in the league if that's the case, because they only played within their divisions. Yes, he is struggling mightily. I'm hoping it's an injury. Because if it's not, and you've got a guy that's 18 games in, that's only got two assists, that just signed a big contract extension, I am a little bit worried. Yeah, I mean, I'm the reason, okay. So he was in Norris talk last year. And now this year, he is looking pedestrian at best. And I mean, we can blame the shortened off season because the long playoff run. Sure. He, he is the kind of guy that he needs, he needs recovery time. He needs uh, that training. He, you know, I, I'm not sure why, but I mean, he could still be banged up from last year and just have more things added on. Yeah, could be. It could, or it could be a whole new injury, but he, he looks like he's not, he's not focused. It looks like he's missing a step. He's not, uh, he's not able to shoot like he used to. I mean, unless it's somebody's shin pads, then he can nail those suckers, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's playing hurt. I really do. And if that's the case, why aren't they just resting him? Just, just put him on the IR. Don't mess around. I mean, I'm going to say it here and now. We're not even 20 games into the season, and I predicted much better, but this team is not making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I predicted much better as well. And right now you look at a team that through 18 games has four wins. Yeah. Those aren't playoff numbers. And right this now. This is not the Blues. They're not making that yeah, comeback. Right now I'm looking at more the draft in Montreal next season and hitting a home run with the top 10 pick. Is that's the way it's looking right now? The way, if you look at the point projections and uh, I think it was uh Marco, Marco put out the point projections for uh, the season right now. The Canadians would finish 31st based on point projection. And honestly, if there's a year to suck, this is the year to suck. You had that deep playoff run, made the fans happy. This year is going to hurt, but at the very least, it's a good draft year. I think that's what makes it hurt even more. So you go to the cup final. Yeah. And then then follow it up. And you can't follow it up. But the thing is, we haven't seen a healthy lineup this whole season. And we won't. Right? With the amount of bodies that they have out right now, it's uh, it's very hard to play competitive hockey. They're up to 12 players on their list. So, yeah. Oh, and another thing that we that we can bring up, Jake Allen does, in fact, have a concussion. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah, which also happens to be because of Jeff Petrie. So, <laughs> which, yeah, kind of. I mean, um, you can't really blame Larkin. He was coming in at, no, at top at speed and no. going to the net. Yeah, uh, you can't blame him for running into Allen. Uh, Petrie did throw him off balance, and it was only about what about eight feet away from the net. So, yeah, it was not very far away. So I mean, that momentum, and he's you got a guy that skates that fast, a lot of momentum behind him. I I yeah. hope, I hope Allen is back soon. However, I don't, I don't know. He's day to day. He's listed yeah. as day to day, but I expect a couple of weeks. Yeah, me too. However, going into likely our next topic, Caden Primo looked very good last night in his debut. Yeah, well, you're gonna season, that season, season, season debut. <laughs> yes. Not NHL uh, debut. Yeah, well, his NHL season debut. Anyway. Yeah. So that is that brings us to the Rangers game, and he is the highlight of that game. Yes. Primo kept that team in the game. He made it possible for the Canadians to actually have a chance to win that game. He he had look, he I mentioned it after the first period how he was playing with confidence, he was controlling his rebounds better. Um, you know, he he looked bigger in his net, he was he was uh, able to track the puck better. And he mentioned it after the game, how 
the difference for him was in this game, he was able to see the puck. He mentioned that a bunch of times. And I think that has a lot to do with some of the exercises and some of the, 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 the work he was doing with the uh, coaching staff on tracking pucks through crowds. And it showed he looked a lot better. And another thing with that is that he saw pucks because usually when the pucks were going at him, it was only the Rangers that were around him anyway, because the Canadians were nowhere to be found when they were shooting at him because they were off doing their own goddamn thing. And he was making highlight saves. Well, there was literally a two on O that he had yeah. stopped. That's ridiculous. Sherratt made that diving attempt to cut off the passing lane, but which is was good on late. him. Yeah. He tried, yeah. Uh, but you know, and Primo made the save on that two on O and that was great. And I'm not saying Primo played the perfect game or nothing. He, he didn't play the perfect game, but he gave them a chance to win. He did. And I'm not going to blame him for any of the goals that were given up either. Nope. Now, was he over aggressive on the first goal where he was coming out to challenge the shooter? Yes. But would he have had to been that aggressive to challenge the shooter had the defensive coverage not completely collapsed? No. So... It's a little bit of him. It's a little bit of them. And the, uh, what my takeaway from, from that was as the game wore on, even after giving up a goal, he was sol- He was right back in the game, solid, not letting it affect him like it did in past games. Yep. So he's not quite ready for the NHL in my opinion, but he is close. I think an, uh, at the end of this year, playing in the AHL all year long, I think it'll go a long way. Now, the rest of the game, well. There were some highs There were some highs, and there were some lows. Yeah. Now, uh, Suzuki provided some highs. I mean, he was great he in the did. face-off circle. He did, yeah. He won some puck battles, but he, um, he had a lot of brain cramps. He did. That, uh, that second goal, was it the second goal? Or the thir- no, the, the third, third goal. goal. The third goal, Goatsy. yeah. Yeah. That one hurt. He, um, instead of moving the puck up ice quicker, he kind of lost his man behind him and Goatsy was able to steal the puck and get a shot. I will not 100% blame Suzuki on that, right? Kulak was at a board battle and he threw the puck out to Suzuki. He was right in front of his goalie. Well, that's a a set play as well. That's that's an outlet for a set play. Right, so... Both of them didn't seem that ready. Let's just say that. No, eh, see, in a play like that, Suzuki has to be quicker on getting the puck up ice, whether he's just dumping it or making a quick pass. Yeah. He held on to he, it. A bit he too did long. admire it a little bit too long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe the puck was bouncing on him. I'd have to re- watch the play yeah. again. But again, even if that's the case, I mean, the ice at Madison Square Garden is usually pretty bad anyway. But. That's a play he has to make if he's but the number one center. Something right? like that, though, being the nail in the coffin, being the game-winning goal, yeah. that's two games in a row where something the Canadians have done has been the reason for the game-winning goal. The game before that was Petrie putting a puck off someone's head and it went into the net. Oh, that was that was and a I, right. And then oh a, and after that, the team was just done. They were done. But they weren't done after that goal. After that goal, they see they still pushed. Uh, unlike the the Boston game, where it, no, 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 I, were, I, meant, I meant the Boston. Yeah, game. I meant the Boston game. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And in the Ranger game, they they showed some resilience and they they kept going. Yeah. Um, so well, they came back and they scored. What well, within the next minute? The next shift, yeah. yeah. Anderson scored on the next shift. Yeah, which which is a great sign. And I mean, Anderson played an excellent game. Um, I liked. To Foley's game, he looked very strong. He was moving. He was moving very well. It would have been nice to see Suzuki play a little bit better. I think that would it might have made a difference. But at the same time, it's not like he was horrible. Um, I like Dvorak's game. Yeah, he, he did not look as good in the faceoff dot as he usually does. No, um, he only went thirty five percent of his thirty five percent of his draws, but he scored a goal in close to the net, which is where we know that he's going to score the majority of his goals and he picked up an assist on the Anderson goal as well. Yeah. He did look good outside the face-off dot. That's, that's yeah. the important thing. And yeah. with Drew back in the lineup, that line looked dangerous. Yeah. I mean, 
Drouet makes a difference on that in that top six. <clears throat> um, speaking of Drouet, yeah. speaking of Drouet, before we move on to continue with, with the game, there's some people right now that are talking about Drouet. He was given the green light and then sat out the Boston game. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? What are, your th- or what are your thoughts on him sitting out and what are your thoughts on the people that are kind of against him right now or that are calling out Ducharme saying, you know, you should have maybe left that, left that tidbit of information within the organization and not leaked it out. Okay. I'll start with the Ducharme part. Okay. I do feel that maybe Ducharme could have just kept it to himself. Yeah, I agree. But he has been someone who's been very open with this kind of stuff. And the people that are complaining that he shared it would be the first ones to complain that he didn't. So I'm not going to really blame him for sharing per se, but if it was me, I would not, I would rather take the heat for not sharing versus sharing. That being said, I don't think what he did was really wrong. I mean, he, he medically, he was given the green light. So that would have to be announced because now he's a healthy scratch versus uh, an injured. So he would have to explain it either way. So for Drouet, once he got the green light, uh, that, that just means that he it, physically, the doctors say physically he can play. Maybe he didn't feel he was 100% and he didn't want to go into a game against the Bruins at under 100% or anyone, really. And I can't blame him for that. He knows his own body. He's a professional hockey player. And honestly, if the season... You know, if they were fighting for a playoff spot right now or they were up near the top of the standings, maybe he would have made a different decision. But when you're at the bottom and you're fighting for, for picking first overall, I, the, the motivations are slightly different for players. Yeah. Yes, they want to compete, but at the same time, he wants to compete at his very best to make himself look better. He wants to win, so why not take an extra game make sure you're fully comfortable because he was getting headaches after that puck hit. So he maybe still had headaches. I, we, we just don't know. That's right. So I'm not, I don't, I don't mind that he didn't, didn't okay. play. And back to the game, he did not look that bad last night. He, he, he had some good rushes, so had some good yeah. touches um, and played the second most of any forward last night. And on the power play, he was making some very nice passes through traffic. Um, <clears throat> again, the power play did nothing. Uh, to put anything on the scoreboard but they had good puck movement uh, they got some decent shots on that Shishirkin, Shishirkin. Yeah. I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly but that's my ode to Treg yeah. <laughs> um, he, he played extremely well he, he, he stopped he made some very nice saves especially on the power play and I mean moral victory I guess even though that moral victory is suck that's all we got yeah i'd like to see and another and then another injury now we know that hoffman's out as well he's getting we don't know how long he's going to be out upper body injury likely happened because that more insider hit against detroit uh which was unfined which was unfined guy leaving his feet that's that big it wasn't a cross check that's why they never saw it um but uh, that's another guy that they're going to miss and somebody that a guy like Drew could feed for some of these shots. Cause we know that Hoffman can get the puck off really quick off a stick. Yeah. And so a power play that's already uh, 29th in the league is not going to get much better with him in no. the lineup. No, they need all, they need all their pieces back to really see what they got. That's right. Um, but back to the game itself. Um, I thought that the Canadians played with good energy. They put in some good effort. It's the last four or five games. They've played a, a, a brand of hockey where they showed they gave a shit. Yeah. They've put in the effort. They've tried. They failed <laughs> for the yeah, most The part. results haven't been there, but <clears throat> I mean, there has, a couple been, of over, there has been an losses, uptick but... in effort. Yeah. And you can see that in their... In their offensive play, they're a, lo- they're a lot more structured. They're a lot more capable. They're getting a lot more shots on that, even though their shooting percentage is low. 
I mean, it, it, it should come eventually. Defensively, they're still a, a hot mess. Yes. You know, you got, uh, you got a, a turnstile of defensemen. Petrie's playing the way he is now. Um, but that fourth line for the Canadians has brought a lot of extra energy. I mean, you can, you can make fun of the AHL line all you want, but Pizzetta, Belzil, and Paling have been doing their job. So and Pizzetta I- specifically. So I like how it brought some energy and it has brought some energy. However, last night, especially in the first period, the, that AHL line as we're going to call it. They struggled. They did. They're going to, they're going to they're gonna struggle like that every now and then. And, 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 and coming and bringing up Pizzetta, right? Pizzetta last night fought Ryan Reeves. It was Ryan Reeves first fight with the Rangers. And it was the Pizzetta's first NHL fight. Yeah. Didn't think it was going to come against Ryan Reeves. That's for damn sure. However, I guess if you want to be in this business and you want to call yourself a fighter, an agitator at the NHL level, go after the best in the league, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, it shows a couple of things. It shows that he won't back down from anyone. That's right. And Manscaped should be giving him some some product right now <laughs> well, i mean with the with that flow on his head Holy um, shit. now clearly reeves won that fight i mean no, it was we know we're probably oh, going to discuss that <laughs> it was unanimous it was yeah. unanimous but um i mean stepping up to reeves yeah that, not a lot that of, paid off for the play not for the a Canadians. lot of not a lot of people do that no so a lot of people are saying that yeah it was a cakewalk for reeves 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 can fight some of the biggest and best in the league and do that to them. Yeah. And there's also a lot of guys that are um, better fighters, better, let's say better equipped than a guy like Pizzetta that just don't, that don't answer the bell. So good on him. Yeah. He played an old style, uh, you know, brand of hockey and he stuck to his guns. He tried to fight Reeves and, after that fight, you'll know. I noticed that uh, while Reeves was still doing what he always does, you know, he finished every check. He was going in the corners. He was fighting his battles along the boards. He wasn't doing his regular agitator shtick. You know how he every now and then after the whistles and he he wasn't doing that part. What I what I think happened there is not that he's afraid of anything. Clearly. The Canadians don't put fear in anyone. Pizzetta sure didn't, but he was giving him respect. Reeves was showing some respect to another player who had the, uh, the cojones to step up. And he said, you know what? Yep. Fair. I may have overstepped a little bit here. we we did our thing. Now I'm going to keep it during game play. I'm going to play hard. And then we're going to just leave it at that. I'm sure it had, uh, it didn't hurt to have the uh, the Rangers up pretty much the entire game. So he wasn't going to go stepping out of his, his role much either. But um, you, you, you saw a little bit of a, a wink and a nod from, from Reeves giving Pizzetta a little bit of respect after that, just acknowledging that he had the balls to step up, which other players don't seem to have. I mean, uh, Reeves also after the game had a little chat about someone who had slew footed him earlier in the season. Yeah. And slew-footed somebody else. and oh, About 12 a, other people. And, and had a questionable skate-on-skate uh, skate contact with somebody else. Yeah. 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 And Reeves might have provided the NHL um, <laughs> proof of intent the next time he plays yeah. P.K. Subin in the New, York, New Jersey Devils. Yeah. If he goes after Subin saying that he's going to go after Subin. Yeah. The only thing but, is, even though they play within the same division, I looked this up. I don't think they play each other again until sometime in the new year. Oh, I don't think it matters. Right. Oh, they're, these, they're not going to forget because Sammy Ooh. Blaze, who was the recipient of this skate on skate contact is what we'll call it. Um, he's going to miss six to eight months with a torn ACL. And this yeah. is a guy that came over from the blues um, that they traded for Bushnevich, I believe. Yeah. And um, he was playing on the top line for the Rangers. And now, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a career, that's a career altering injury. 
potentially. It, it could be. And let's not forget the preseason game where uh, PK slew footed uh, Ryan Reeves himself. Yeah. And he took down Lucic at, at, at one point this season as well. well. I mean, no one's really upset about that, are they? Still, it's the same move, <laughs> it's the same move though. Right? Yeah. And he's done it a couple more times already this season. He's been fined for it. Yeah. Um, he really needs to stop doing that shit. He does. That's it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. It, it is um, like he is. So Suba is, he's physically gifted. Like we, he, he is physically yeah. strong. Yes. You can find ways to beat people off the, or get people off the puck than to throw a leg under them and trip them that way. It's very dangerous. And, um, as Sammy Blay has found out as Sammy Blay's found out. And now, um, yeah, he might have a, uh, he might have a date with, uh, Ryan Reeves who Ryan Reeves, like he, fucking Ryan Reeves. There's no way he's going to drop the gloves with Ryan Reeves. And I've got, I've got a quote here from Reeves. Yes. Um, that, I think that's what I was, uh, I was getting at here. Yeah, yeah, so I, so I've got his quote here. So um, uh, just give me one second. So he said, I think I'd rather try and catch him with his head down with a hit or something like that. I know who's going to fight me and who I'm going to have a chance to go after and he definitely isn't one of them, um, which is which is very true. And he also said, uh, "What's going to happen? I'm going to cross check them and take a penalty, and they're on the power play, which more than likely would yeah. be the would be the uh, would be what was get what would happen." Kreider's already tried to fight Subban already this season, and he has ha- yeah. he's walked away. That's right. So if Subin, he's not going to so if he's not going to fight Kreider, and like Kreider's not a small guy either, but no. he's still Ryan Reeves. I'm trying to remember the last time. I think the only time I've seen Subin fight now, I could be wrong. He might've had another fight or two, but the last time I remember seeing him fight was against Marchand. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. He is not someone who fights. Uh, I I know he's a big dude. I know he's, uh, you know, he is in shape, but he is not a fighter. No. Ryan Reeves is um today's version of the enforcer as you're I, as you're talking i am looking yeah. up pk zuba's last fight <laughs> so pk Subas, so yeah on hockeyfights.com shout out to them so Subas' last fight was against Kreider. okay when he was with the pan uh, the uh predators no nope. really? so he has fought so he fought Kreider. On the meh, who else did he fight? On the sixth of October. Prior to that, he hasn't fought since the twenty seventh of January of twenty twenty, where he fought Brady's Chuck. Who? Yeah, the guy that everybody wanted the Canadians to pick after the fact, after he was named captain of Ottawa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah, he actually hasn't fought. He actually hasn't fought. Um, hasn't fought um, like four or five fought, times, maybe. That's fought Marshall in a while. Well, that was like what about eight years ago? Wow. But that's my point. He's not a fighter. No. <clears throat> he he's a finesse player who's slowed down a little bit. So. Yeah. Uh, I can, yeah, I can see why yeah. they want to get on him. And yeah. I'd in be four years careful. in four, the last four years, he's fought four times. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I seriously doubt it's going to be another fight against the Rangers. I don't think it's going to be Ryan Reeves. But we'll just say that. No, if you <laughs> PK Subin's smart. So no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, speaking of fines. Brendan Gallagher, he got a $2,500 fine for punching Barkley Goudreau near the end of the Rangers game. Now, I'm going to make it clear that I think that it was a stupid thing to do on uh, on Gallagher's part because they were down one goal. They had about 35, 40 seconds left. They had a good chance of probably going into the zone and taking a shot. However, shit happens. Would I have punched Barkley Goudreau in the face if I had the chance at that time? Probably. I'm not going to lie. I can't really blame him for wanting to do that. It was clear that Goudreau was saying something that got under his skin. And he he hauled off and punched him. Yeah. 
cool. What I did not like was Goudreau laying on the ice like a bitch yeah. with his uh, looking out from underneath his glove. Yeah. Hey, did the refs see that? Okay, yeah, it was like he was playing, calling it. It's like he was playing hide and seek, and it was like one, <laughs> two. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, that was hardcore. Uh, maybe if I pretend I'm laying here, mom doesn't yeah, know I'm asleep. Was, energy, yeah, you know, like yeah. it, it was. It was a bit, it was a bit, it was a bitch move. It was it was embarrassing. Yeah, and now you look at you look at the guy that threw the punch, and usually he's the recipient of those punches or or horse collars or whatever. Oh yeah, and he just gets up and plays his game. There's no fines, there's no suspensions to the other player or anything like that, and not even a penalty or a penalty. And um, you know, I look at the playoffs last year when McNabb hauled off and smoked Suzuki after the whistle with the ref standing right there. Nothing yep. came of that. Nothing came of that, but you know, that's Brendan Gallagher for you. All right. You can do whatever you want for him, <clears throat> whatever you want to him. And as soon as he does anything back, they're going to throw the book at him. Yeah. It's a bit of a sucker punch. So sure. Fine. Him. I have no problem with that part, but he gets no respect around the league, like none. He, he takes a cross check in the face and yeah. the league's response, the player safety's response is basically, eh, if he were taller, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Like, come on yeah. guys. He broke yeah. his jaw. You can't even yeah. give a fine. Yeah. I do like, I do like what he said during his interview though, with, uh, with angles. Yeah. He said uh, there was some acting going on there. A lot of people have too much pride to act like that. And then he added, uh, I've added, I've taken several punches in the head, noting he knows what it takes for one to knock someone down. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, he's not calling him a diver, but he's calling him a diver. Yeah, you know what? It was a clear dive, too. It was, like, but you know what? Clear. For in, in Gallagher's eyes, it was $2,500 well spent. Yeah, I'm sure the guys passed the hat around. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. I have no problem with the league giving him the fine. That's yeah. not my issue. My issue is that it's, it's a, there's two measures. When Gallagher's in front of the net, suddenly it's goalie interference. Even if he's not in the crease, you know, like yeah. he, we saw that TSN 5G view though. Yeah. He was clearly twerking into the net <laughs> and his booty just knocked the goaltender back. Yeah. <laughs> Too much booty. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it, it just kind of sucks to see that that level of, I don't know, it just seems like a disrespect a bit to yeah. one player, especially after seeing the video of the player laying on the ice playing peekaboo. Yeah. Did they see it? Did they? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Like you could have just left it alone yeah. and not find it. You think, yeah, you think player safety would have been like, oh, okay, maybe he sold it a little yeah. bit, but still had a little one. Yeah. But they still went, they still went, give them the fine. fine. So yeah, it's what it is. They should have fined Goudreau for embellishment. Embellishment, yeah. Because honestly, that was much more embarrassing. If I were a Rangers fan, I would be embarrassed. You got Ryan Reeves and Sammy Blay and all these tough guys. And then you got that. Yeah. Like, what the hell? That's right. And I'm not just saying that because every time I go to Madison Square Garden, they chant Pop Johnny Sucks. (laughs) Okay, maybe I am. Still. (laughs) but all right i think uh i think that'll do it for us on this episode we're going to have uh our mailbag on the next one so keep an eye out for that a little bit later this week um any final thoughts uh for me non-hockey related um i just want to give a shout out to uh 442 squadron um, they're a, uh, Comorant squadron that is based out of, uh, Comox, BC, uh, doing a lot of really good work out there right now with, uh, everything that's going on in British Columbia with, uh, with the landslides and the floods and everything like that. They're doing some great work. And, uh, just today as we're recording, uh, this morning, uh, I'm with 436, uh, transport squadron. We sent an aircraft out there for assistance as well. So, uh, good on our men and women in uniform. Yeah, support our troops because our job is to support you. Um, For me, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, You guys make the show fun. Uh, Treg passes his his best wishes to everyone and hopes to to be back on talking to you soon. Uh, 
so for me, I just want to sign off by saying, if you were talking about it, so are we. Abs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.